just by way of short introduction, this Sikha is going to be dealing with a Rashi that seemingly what we would refer to as a Diktuk Rashi. Rashi is dealing with the grammar of the Posuk. And the beginning of the Sikha, the Rebbe is also going to be dealing primarily with what it is that Rashi is teaching us in the grammar of the Posuk. The Rebbe is also going to be explaining why Rashi needs to use three different Sukkim as proof for his Pirush. And why each one of those psukim are needed, but eventually the Rebbe turns to the Pnimi to explaining how each one of these words in Rashi are really expressing very deep ideas. And the Rebbe starts off the Sikha by saying that in the Pasuk, Vayitzav Moshe Salavim, Moshe Rabbin commands the Levim, Lokoyach has Sefer Atoyrah Hazeh. Lokoyach is the word that's going to be the focus of the Sikha, so I won't translate it just yet, but it's something to do with taking the Sefer Torah. The Samtom Oisoy Mitzad Aroin, etc., putting it next to the Oroin, the Hoya Shon Bechola Eid, and there it will be for you as a testimony. Rashi, in his first Dibra Maschil, quotes from the Pasuk the word Lokoyach, and he explains, he says four words, Kemoi, this is like Zochoir, Shomoir, Holoich. So there are Mephorshim that explain that what Rashi is trying to tell us is that the word Lokoyach is not a command you should take. Rather, Lashon Hoive, it's in present tense, similar to the words Zohoir and Shamoir, which means when we say something in present tense, what we actually mean is that it's a constant, something, a continuous thing. We always need to remember, we always need a guard. So too, Lokoyach is in the present tense, meaning to say you need to take the Sefer Torah, place it next to the Oroin, and it will be there, all the days it will always be there as a testimony. So what we understand from these Mepharshim is that Rashi is trying to tell us that why is it that Lokoyach is not said in the regular expression which would mean to take, as at a command. So let's say Lekach or Kechu or something like that. But rather it says, it says Lokoyach in the present tense is to indicate that it's a constant, ongoing thing. However, the Rebbe says it's very difficult to understand Rashi this way. Because number one, according to this, the main point is actually missing in Rashi. Rashi should have said that by the fact that it says Lokoyach in a Loshon Hoive, it's coming to emphasize that the Sefer Torah needs to be there as a testimony all of the days. As... He does explain by Zohar that there needs to be this constant remembering. Furthermore, Rashi should have at least added the words that Lokoyach is Lashon Hoive, which we would then understand means, because it's present, it means it's constant. That is, that the reason why it says Lokoyach is because there is a certain a consistency over here, an ongoing taking, so to speak. The Rebbe then asks, if this is what Rashi meant, then we need to understand the order of the three words that Rashi brings as a proof. Rashi says, Zohoir, Shomoir, and then he says, Holoich. The problem is that this word, Holoich, said already a number of times in Parshas Noyach, which comes way before the words, Zohoir and Shomoir that appear in the Torah. So why is Rashi putting the word, Holoich, after Zohoir and Shomoir? And generally, says the Rebbe, it's not understood. How can we say that, it's, that the word Lokoyach over here means in the present tense? 
and therefore meaning an ongoing thing, when in fact the Sefer Torah was only taken once. So what you're going to say is that it's referring to the fact that it's going to remain constantly next to the Oroin. But then that's not the Lekicha, that's not the taking that is constant. It's the fact that Vesamtam, that it needs to be placed and remain next to the Oroin. That's going to be all the time. It's not the taking that's all the time. And therefore the Rebbe says, from all of this we understand, that Rashi is actually not coming to explain to us why the word Lekoyach is said in the present tense. And again, that would mean that it needs to be a constant thing because we can't say that. Rather, Rashi is coming to tell us that even though the word lokoyach is not an act, it's not an expression that's usually used for an act, it's not an expression that's usually used for a command, rather the word lokoyach is actually referring to the very essence, to the very idea of taking what would be referred to in Svarim of Diktuk in grammar books as a mokoyr, as a root word, as a source word. Nevertheless, even though the word lokoyach itself just represents the concept, the verb of taking, but not, an, not as an act, just the root of that verb, nevertheless, in this case, it is a command. Again, just to repeat and to clarify, all the Rebbe is saying that Rashi is coming to teach us that although the word lokoyach itself usually would not be seen as an act, in this particular case, it is an act, it is a command. In other words, that Moshe Rabbeinu is commanding them to take the Sefer Torah. And for this he is bringing the proof, from these three words, Zohar, Shomer, and Holoich, that all of these words, although they are also the kinds of words that are usually more the mokr, the root kind of word, and nevertheless they are used in the Torah also as a command. And the Rebbe says, now we can understand why Rashi brings the word Holoich after the word Zohar and Shomer. Because when he's referring to the word Holoich, he's actually not referring to the word Holoich as it appears in Parshas Noyach. There in Parshas Noyach, the Rebbe doesn't bring inside the Sikha itself the words of Parshas Noyach, but there it's referring to the rain of the Mabul and so on. So there it's speaking about how the water was either constantly receding or coming, um, becoming less and less or becoming more and more and so on. So there the word holoich is definitely not a command. But the word holoich does appear in Tanakh later in Tanakh. In fact, after Zohar and Shomer. And therefore Rashi cannot be referring to the first holoich in Parshas Noyach. Rashi is looking for proofs that it could be a command. So, for example, we have a pasuk later in Tanakh, Holoich vidibarta, you should go and speak to the people. Holoich vikarasa, you should go and call out to the people. And other expressions of Holoich. In those cases, the, these Holoichs that actually appear in Tanakh after Zohar and Shomer, they are a command. Because Zohar is in Parsha Shmois, in Sefer Shmois, excuse me. Shomer is in Sefer Dvorim. And Holoich as a command is it only in the Nevi'im? Again, different to the Holoich in Parshas Noyach. Says the Rebbe, however, we need to understand why would Rashi need to bring three proofs, Zohar, Shomer, and Holoich, that even a command could come in this sort of form as a mocker, as the root word. Like in our case, um, Lokoyach. So we understand, we brought a proof, there's a similar word like Zohar or Shomer, why do we need all three? Why isn't one or two of these proofs sufficient? Another question. 
since Zohar and Shomer, as commands, say already in the Torah previously a number of times, Rashi should have explained in those places that even though the form of the word is coming as a mocker word, as a word of a source or a root, nevertheless, we need to realize that it actually means a command. If in those psukim, Zohar and Shomer did not need to be explained, it was obvious. We, we understand that it's a command. So then why does Rashi need to explain it over here? So the Rebbe explains it like this. Generally, when we say a word in its root form, the verb in its root form, and what the Rebbe refers to as the mokoyr, usually negates an action. Meaning to say, let's say the word lakoyach in our parsha. Lakoyach means taking. That means we're referring specifically to the word as it is removed or stripped from any sort of activity of someone going ahead and taking. It's just the idea, the concept of taking itself. And this idea of a, a lasha, an expression of a mocker, is so far removed from an act much more than, let's say, past, present, or future which are all within the verb itself, connected to the verb, and only changing it to a past tense, a present tense, or a future tense. So those are at least all still connected with the act of whatever the particular verb is. So let's say with taking, I took, and I take, and I will take, but it's all still an act. Whereas when we speak about the concept of taking, is just describing the idea itself as it is removed from any activity. And therefore, in Pshutei Mikra, says the Rebbe, whenever the Pasuk uses a term like that, a form of a word like that, in a, word of, in a way of Makoir, as the source word, as much as we can, we will try to explain the word in its regular, simple, literal meaning, meaning not as an act, or as a command, or something like that, because the moment you say it's a command, that means you're already saying, so this is going to have to take place in a certain action. So let's look at the examples now that Rashi brings. Again, just to clarify. If we can, we'll try to remain with the word as it is removed from the activity. Just the concept itself, but not someone going actually and doing it and using it. So now, when it comes to the words Zohar and Shomer in the previous Parshiois, even though they do say, in a way of a mocker word, in a root word, but in those cases, since the only possible way of explaining them is that it is a command looking in the context of those psukim. Let's say it's about remembering Shabbos or whatever else the case may be. Since it has to be a command, so therefore Rashi, there's no need for Rashi to come along and tell us anything in these psukim because it's obvious. It's a command and that's all. There's nothing else that we could explain it in those cases. However, in our Pasuk, in the Pasuk Lakoyach, again, we prefer if it's not an act or a command to go ahead and do it. In the other Pasuk, we didn't have a choice. But in the Pasuk Lakoyach, we could have seemingly understood the Pasuk Lakoyach simply as the concept of taking, not as a command, go ahead and take it. And therefore, how would we understand our Pasuk? L'koyach a sefer, take the sefer. Toyota now we're saying it doesn't mean take. It's the concept of taking. And put it next to the Orin. We would have understood it and explained it that when the sefer Toyota will be taken, again, it's not a command, L'koyach, take it. 
Rather, when the, the taking is happening, when the Sefer Torah is taking, then the following is what you should do. The Samtim, you should go ahead and put it next to the orange. And the Rebbe says there's actually another reason why that would seem to be a better option of how to understand Lokoyach rather than a command. Because earlier on, Parshas Kisavoy, Rashi says that the Yidden argued to Moshe, why are you making Shevet Levi in charge, giving them power and rulership over the Torah by giving them the Sefer Torah? So seemingly over here, in order to negate the claim an argument of Bnei Yisrael, or at least to make it a little bit weaker, it would have been much easier to understand over here that when Moshe is commanding, he's not commanding to take the Sefer Torah, because then it would be saying he's commanding the Shevet Levi to take the Sefer Torah, and again we're trying to avoid that if possible. So the command is only to put the Sefer Torah down. Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't want to make Shevet Levi in charge over the Sefer Torah. And therefore we would understand our Pasuk as saying, when the Sefer Torah is, taking, is taken, so for example, that would be, well, after the Bnei Yisrael are convinced that there's nothing to worry about with Shevet Levi taking it, but Lokoyach, whenever the Sefer Torah is taken, so then there's a command, what should be done with it? Go ahead and put it next to the Orin of Hashem's covenant. Ah, you're going to have a question and say, but if that's the case, where would the Sefer Torah go if this Lakoyach doesn't happen, you're saying whenever the Lakoyach happens, and if the Lakoyach doesn't happen, and if the Sefer Torah is not taken, so then what's going to happen? So then the Rebbe says, the Rebbe says that's not a problem because Rashi told us already that the Bnei Yisroel had this argument, and nevertheless Moshe Rabbeinu did eventually give the Sefer Torah to Bnei Levi, meaning to say that according to Rashi, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to explain to the Bnei Yisroel that there's nothing to worry about. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu was sure that eventually it will be taken. And therefore, there's no problem over here. Seemingly, we could translate the Pasuk like this. Lakoyach means when it will be taken. Again, it's not a command to be taken. When it will be taken, place it next to the Oren. The Rebbe says that actually, if we should translate Lakoyach as a command we'll actually also have a question, we'll still have a problem, we'll have a problem the other way around. If we translate Lokoyach as a command, then the question will be, so why does it say it in this Loshen of a Mokr, a root word? So it's not even solving anything by saying that Lokoyach would be a command. So getting back to the original point, if you're going to ask, so where would the Sefer Torah be if it's not eventually taken? So one thing that Rebbe answered was that Moshe was certain it will be taken. But a further point, it's not even a question at all. If the Sefer Torah isn't eventually taken, then what's going to happen to it? It will whatever wherever it was until now. The Torah didn't tell us where it was till now, but where was it for the last 40 years, close to 40 years? As soon as they left Mitzrayim, it says, Ksoiv zoizi korin basefer, Moshe Rebbein was commanded to write down the things of the Torah. Vayichtoiv Moshe es kol divrei Hashem. Moshe Rabbein writes everything down. So wherever the Sefer Torah was till now, it's going to be. So again, just to recap where in the Sikha we're up to. So the Rebbe is saying in the Sikha that seemingly, if not for Rashi, we would have thought that the word Lakayach, because it's being said as a root word, maybe we shouldn't translate it as a command. 
maybe we should just translate it as a concept. When it is taken, then place it next to the Orin. Now we can understand why Rashi needs to translate and explain to us the word Lakoyach, that it is a command, and he brings proof from the other places that we do find a root word coming as a command. Again, in Zohar and Shomer, Rashi did not have to explain it to us because there's no other way of explaining it there. But usually if it's a root word, we would rather not explain it as an act or as a command. And therefore over here, Rashi says we do explain it, meaning as a command. And I'll prove you that it could be written this way from these other words of Zohar, Shomer, and Halich. Why does Rashi need all three of these proofs? Why isn't one enough? Again, just before continuing inside, let's look at the, the, the basic idea what the Rebbe is teaching us. The basic idea that the Rebbe is teaching us is that when we speak about a root word, it's going to make more sense to say it if it's not mamish an act. The Rebbe is going to show why Zohar, Shomer, and Holoich, each of them possibly could also be viewed in a different way, that maybe it's not really an act and a command, in, the, in, in a command as far as an actual physical going ahead and doing something, an action. And nevertheless, because of all three together, we're going to see that it does apply even when there's a command for um, a f- very physical action, as in the case of Lokoyach. So the Rebbe explains, when it comes to Zohar, to remembering, even though we are commanding and telling a person to remember, it's almost as if the Pasuk would have written Tizkoyer, nevertheless, it's not an actual physical action. Because it's a remembrance in our mind. And therefore, if we would just say the proof from the word Zohar, since it says in a root word Zohar, and again, because it's a root word, it's far from an action, but from Zohar itself is not a proof. Because Zohar is not a real action. So maybe we can't bring a proof from Zohar for a physical action, like in our case, when you need to go ahead and take the Sefer Torah. So maybe... Only by Zohar could you say it in that way, and for Lokoyach he wouldn't be able to say it. So Rashi brings another proof from Shomer. What does Shomer mean? Shomer is referring to when we guard ourselves not to do an action, like in the case of Shabbos and so on, where we stop ourselves from doing a loisase and so on. So here we're already dealing with an action, and yet we are using the word Shomer in that root sense of the, the root word of that verb. And therefore, we could bring a proof that also Lokoyach, which is dealing with an action, you could say in this particular form. However, you could say that Shomer is also not a proof. Since the concept of Shemira in the Pasuk is usually when we are stopping ourselves and we're not doing a particular act, like when we said Shomer is Yom HaShabbos, which means that we need to guard ourselves from not desecrating Shabbos, not doing a Molochah, and as Rashi says, whenever it says Hishomer, it means it's an expression of don't do something. Now in the case of, of Shabbos, it's actually coming to add a loisasa in addition to the Asay of Shabbos. In other words, we have an Asay in action, and then we're coming to say another thing, there's also a loisasa, don't do any work. But basically the idea of Shomer is the idea of negating something. So it's again not an action. So then we might say, oh, maybe over here we can use the term mokoir. In other words, a root word of a word, a verb, because we're still not doing an action. It's again negating an action. 
So maybe again, that wouldn't be a proof that lokoyach, which is a real action, could be said in that way. So Rashi needs a third proof. Rashi uses the word holoich. Holoich is a command to go ahead and do an action, to walk, to go by foot. And since again it says over here in the root form of that verb, so that's an absolute proof that you could use this type of lashon also on an action. So why couldn't we just say holoich by itself? Says the Rebbe, this is again not going to be a proof. Why not? Because the word holoich in the psukim that we mentioned before, holoich v'karasa, holoich v'dibarta, the holoich, the going, is a, as a preparation to speaking, to calling out. So you might say in that case, maybe it's also not speaking about the physical walking. Maybe it's more referring to walking, in other words, as a mental state. The person is walking, preparing himself, get ready to go and speak to the people, to call out to the people, and so on. The Rebbe says, in fact, regarding one of these psukim, that might even make more sense. The Pasuk, it actually makes more sense that we're speaking about a psychological type of going rather than a physical walking. Why is that? See, by the Pasuk, this is a Pasuk that God Hanavi is being told to speak to David HaMelech. There, it makes sense to say that he's actually going to actually physically walk over to David. He's not by David right now and he's having the prophecy. He's going to go to David. But the Pasuk, which has by Yirmiyah Novi. Now, most of his Nevois are when he is in Yerushalayim. So seemingly, there's no need to go ahead and say, go to Yerushalayim. He's in Yerushalayim. So therefore, it makes even more sense to say that the word Halach just means as a mindset. You should be going to speak to them and calling out to them. And therefore the word holoich again wouldn't be enough because it's again not a physical action necessarily. And that's why Rashi needs to bring the proof from Zohar and Shamwar, which are not being said as a mental preparation for another command, but rather the command is in them itself. Zohar, you should remember Shamwar, you should guard yourself, and so on. So we now understand why each one of these proofs were necessary. However, you could still say Rashi seemingly could have used two out of the three proofs. Why is it that he needs all three? So the Rebbe is going to explain now that any two that we will choose will have a certain common denominator which will not apply to the word lokoyach, and therefore we could always still argue, yes, by those two, it makes sense to say the, 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 the word in the mokoyr form, but by Lakoyach, that still doesn't make sense. And therefore, Rashi is going to need all three together. So the Rebbe says, if Rashi would have just chosen Zohar and Shomoyer, the problem would be that both of them are not physical actions. Zohar is a spiritual action, just remembering. Shomoyer is negating a physical action. So that's why Rashi needs to have a third one. Holoich, which actually includes a physical, physical action, walking. What about if Rashi would have just said Zohar and Holoich? Now we said Holoich could be translated as a mental walking. So we would then say Zohar and Holoich are both spiritual actions. So that's why Rashi has to bring Shomoir, which is not a spiritual action, but it's an actual physical thing, but we're negating the action. So that's why Rashi would, Zohar and Holoich wouldn't be enough, and Rashi would need Shomoir. 
What about if Rashi just chose Shomer and Holoich? Again, we would say there's a problem. Both of those are just a preparation. Either Holoich, again, meaning in your mind, you're preparing yourself to do something. Or Shomer is the concept of guarding yourself so that you shouldn't come to doing something that you shouldn't be doing. So therefore, Zohar helps us out and says, Ah, here we have something that's not a preparation for something else, but rather the command is on the word itself. The Zohar itself is the command, not only preparing for something else. And therefore, the Rebbe says, we can now understand why all three Rayas, all three Psukim, are needed by Rashi to build up the idea that also for Lakoyach, in our case, a physical action of Lakoyach, which is the command in it of itself, not a preparation and not a spiritual thing, an actual physical action, we could still use the source of that verb in its in its in its in way of saying it, lokoyach, rather than saying it in another way. The Rebbe now turns to Yenishal Tayra to the Chsidis of this Rashi. And the lesson for the time that it's being read, Naseris Yimei Tshuva, because in many years Pashas Vayelich is read on Shabbos Tshuva actually. The Rebbe says, we discussed many times, that when a command for a certain action is being said in this way of a mokoyer of the source word, it's indicating that the action that needs to be done has to be done not only with the koyach, with the faculty of action of the person, but he has to get involved also all the way to the source within his nefesh, to the mokoyer. Since the word said it in a way of mokoyer, you have to get involved with your mokoyer. That means you have to get involved with your willpower and the source of all of the koiches in your soul, which is higher than all of the regular faculties. So when Aseris, you may tshuva, this is the time that the makoir, the source, and every single yid is shining, the Yechidosh HaBenefesh. And this is what Rashi is hinting to. That the gilui of Yechidosh HaBenefesh and Aseris, you may tshuva. Even though it's on the level of makoir, of a source, meaning it's higher than the normal faculties of the person. Nevertheless, in our apostle, it's telling us even that which is a mokoyr is a command. It's a command to go and do something. Like in the case of lokoyach, right? It's telling you to do something. That means you need to go ahead and you need to bring about in a revealed way in your detailed individual faculties also that tremendous mokoyr. And the Rebbe says, Rashi brings the three words, zacher, shomer, and haloich. Because Rashi is giving us all the details of what has to be done. Zohar, the concept of memory, Chassidus always explains, is related to Chachma, or generally to the intellect of the person. Shomor, which Chazal tells us, Shmira is believe in our heart, or Bina Liba, generally it refers to the Midois of the person, which is associated mainly with our heart. Haloich, we walk with our feet, is the Koyach the lowest of our Koyaches, in the very lowest part of it. Not even like the action of a hand. So what's the hint over here? That this gilui of the source, of the Yechidosh HaBenefesh, needs to impact all of the detailed faculties of the person. Starting from his greatest faculties of Chachma bin Adas, down to his Midois, and all the way to his action, which is the lowest of his garments. In Aseris Yimei Tshuva, you need to feel in every single one of your things, in every single one of your faculties and activities, you need to feel the Mokoyr, the source, the Yechidosh HaBenefesh. The Rebbe says there's another Remez over here, which based on this will also be understood, the connection specifically to the context of the Pasuk about taking the Sefer Torah. The Rebbe says, connect this to the idea of Shabbos Tshuva. 
The Rebbe says that the revelation of this mocker, of the source, the Yechidusha Benefesh and Aseris Yimei Tshuva, is particularly expressed in the Avoidah of Tshuva. The Tshuva that comes from the Yechidusha Benefesh is referred to as Tshuva Ilah, the higher level of Tshuva. It's known that Shabbos is the same letters as Toshev, because Shabbos is also this level of Tshuva Ilah, especially Shabbos Tshuva is the ultimate of the Avoidah of Tshuva Ilah. So the idea of Tshuva Ilah is not the kind of tshuva that we're doing for an Aveira, for sins, but rather tshuva ilah is the return of the neshama to the Abishter, the complete vacuous unity and cleaving of the neshama with its source to the Abishter, which happens through being involved in Torah, as the Zoya says. So here is the remis, that the remis for the revelation of Yechido in our parshas, in which words? Take the Sefer Torah. And the word Lokoyach again is in the, in the Mokoyr form of that verb. Take the Sefer Torah, put it by the Orin of Hashem. In other words, that this is the Tachlis and the ultimate of my love, the Torah, the way. It's in the Orin, that's the greatest place of the Torah. In Avoidus or Adam, this would be. When the person is on this highest level of Tshuva, which happens through Torah, Rashi tells us this needs to then come down into Zachoir, Shomoir, and Holoich, into each and every one of our faculties, into each and every one of our spiritual garments. Because Tshuva Elah, when we're involved in Torah, needs to be in a way where our spirit is connecting to Hashem's spirit, but every part of our soul. That is, that there's the Zachoir part, there is the Midois part, which is Shomer, there's the Levushim, Machshava, Dibaromais, our thought, speech, and action, which is the Holoich. And says the Rebbe, we have an additional hint over here to the individual aspects of Machshava, Dibaromais as well, can be hinted in these three words, because we know Torah has many, many different Pirushim, as Rashi says, quoting Apostle Kapatish, Yefoitz Etzela, that these three words can be referred to Machshava, Dibaromais, because Zohar is usually done with the mouth, who remember by speaking about things, and Shomer is usually the Shmira of the heart, which is Machshava, and Haloich is the Maisa. And says the Rebbe, and specifically through Maisa, when we do mitzvahs Maisa, Yis Mamish, the person becomes a Mahalich, so through the action, we become a Mahalich, we have that Haloich, because as the Razal say, this is the world that makes us go, become Mahalchim, being able to move and be able to go. And through this, the Ebishter goes amongst us, and brings us to the Gauli immediately.